And we're live. And we're live. See, I tried to get in on that one. Just kind of kick this off here. That does no, sound pretty alcoholic. crisp. Yeah, I'd say it sounded crisp, but I kind of went for it there. It's, uh, it's my 10th bubbly of the day. No, not actually, but uh, I kind of lost count. I drink quite a few of these a day now. Uh, strawberry bubbly. Alternating between strawberry and blackberry right now. Pretty Blackberry sick. is where it's at. Blackberry honestly. is a strong, strong favorite. Um, also had this for the first time earlier. Brew Doctor Kombucha. You're Super like a kombucha, uh, you know, I don't know what the connoisseur of a kombucha I'm a is. Kombunasaur. Yeah. Is that a stretch? Um, Kombunasaur. That sounds like a Pokemon. Um, yeah, I have three or four different types of uh, kombucha in my fridge right now. And, uh, why um, just test them to see what they're like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just like, like drinking it. Uh, kombucha actually just like makes me feel good when I drink it all the time. Um, and I'm still kind of doing this carnivore, like low carb kind of thing, but not actually like low carb, just like not eating like tons of rice or anything, but I'm still getting like. A bunch of sugar like post-workout and stuff and kombucha also just tastes good to be honest with you um i just feel good you know i'm drinking this all the time so i'm gonna keep drinking it. yeah i just feel good all the time yeah that's a yeah. lot how Nobody is your health good all the time My we're, uh, we're My six health? weeks into the year neither of us are really drinking that much uh compared to usual both of us are active af you feeling good yeah my skipping is on point i can do the one leg into the two leg, then into the one leg on the other leg. Can you do the crossover yet? No, nah, none of space just yet because I'm doing on my balcony. Oh, there's anyone... definitely no space. Well, yeah, I gotta move things around. I'm just a little lazy to do that. But just uh, stand on the little like edge of your balcony <laughs> wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. I mean, no one would actually do that, but I definitely know people that would be like, "I'll do that." <laughs> Uh, Young man falls to death at three whatever King Street. I was about to give you <laughs> your address there, but I'm not going to do that. Kind of forgot that it's a public forum. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's good. Still, still eating, eating a good diet, getting loads of water, not drinking a lot of alcohol, not drinking too much caffeine. It's pretty good. I think honestly, like the the whole mental health part of it is like honestly for everyone, it's like a lot. Like just not having social interaction with normal people as opposed to a video screen not having that crack open a beer friday go out with with the boys go out with the squad whatever that's kind of a still i don't know i feel like it's we're nearly a year into it you'd feel like you get kind of used to it but still feels weird but overall health does be good yeah 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 i think like one of the first podcast episodes we actually talked about some mental health startup but we should do a deeper dive on those because I think, like, honestly, like, this remote telehealth, remote mental health kind of shit is, like, interesting. Uh, it's probably booming right now. But, yeah, I mean, it still, like, doesn't really feel... Um, still doesn't really feel super normal where things are at. But um, I think the cases are generally down. Um, but, yeah, that's not not go too deep into coronavirus fucking boring to talk about it. it makes me feel depressed talking about it um but in good that. news in good news bitcoin is at an all-time high uh it's like 45k it was like 47 48 
um, a lot of this kind of due to uh, our boy Elon, richest man in the world, buying uh, 1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin the other day, a couple of days ago. Did he shoot back up? Because he wasn't uh, number one. He was number two behind uh, Bezos. Oh, did Bezos overtake him? Yeah, I think when, uh, excuse me, when the, what do you call it? The Tesla stock dipped a little bit. Because obviously a lot oh. of his net worth is in Tesla. Yeah, yeah. So when that dipped a little bit, um, you know, it went, uh, obviously his net worth dropped. Um, yeah. I got sidetracked there because I just, I, I just typed in Elon Musk, his name, just to see what the actual ranking was. But on Forbes, it has his nationality as Canadian. Yeah. It's like so like not real. He's South African. He's South African, but uh, you listened to his or, or read his audiobook or his fucking yeah. bio as well, that Ashley Vance chick. Yeah, he actually like came to Canada and was like in a, like in Toronto. I remember that when he was like actually like our age. So when I was listening to it, I was like, wow, I'm just like Elon. Move to Canada. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just like Elon. But uh, yeah, it must just be his like citizenship or he must have like permanent residency or something. Those Canadians just latching on to any any achievement they can get. Um, yeah. But yeah, I saw he came out. He came under a little bit of scrutiny. Uh, I think like the SEC or whatever it's called. Um, yeah. Were saying like, hey man, you can't be doing that. Can't be just influencing the market by saying things on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I was uh, I had a couple of conversations with people uh, about this today, just being like. I mean, he's clearly like manipulating the markets, especially with uh, Dogecoin. And I know we're going to yeah. talk about that uh, in a bit. But like, yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of just like blatantly manipulating the markets. But <laughs> for he's got in trouble well. with the yeah, yeah, he's got in trouble with the SEC before for uh, that iconic tweet that was like Tesla stock is too high IMO. Like in my opinion, um, yeah, I just like it's just funny though. He just like does what he wants, does what he. Like, I really just don't think the, <laughs> the consequence of anything scare him, which was actually sick. It makes him pretty likable. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, $1.5 billion worth of Tesla's treasury just put into Bitcoin, uh, like shot the price up um, for actual real Bitcoin. And then obviously like Elon's doing this other shit with Dogecoin, we kind of talked about it last week. But like Dogecoin is like literally up uh like the average price if you look at it um like at the start of january it was like 0. 0.0092 uh per coin so like literally like less than uh less than 0.1 of a cent um and now it's at 0. 0.07 which like doesn't sound like a lot obviously but it's literally up like like a, a crazy like hundreds of percentage points um just by elon tweeting like yo dogecoin <laughs> which is just funny. yeah like the market cap of dogecoin was like over uh 10 billion dollars like at one point in the last couple of days i think it's dipped down a little bit now but it was like over 10 billion like i think yesterday or the day before it's pretty funny for like a meme a pure lol yeah yeah like literally just a joke <laughs> yeah i mean imagine the people wherever that money is all stored 
<clears throat> or however it's stored or whatever. Just being like, this is just like literally a joke and there's $10 million just there. It's just, uh, just crazy when you think about it. Yeah, um, yeah. In other crazy, crazy news. So you've obviously been a huge Reddit user way before myself. Um, and, you know, they decided to, to do a massive raise and I think they're taking sort of the commercial ads or doing ads more commercially um, uh, serious. So, yeah, I mean, they like you said, they have doubled their valuation, which is pretty yeah. crazy. Uh, and given that it's like however many years old, like 10 plus, I'd imagine, or yeah, it's probably of 10 or whatever. Yeah. Um, crazy story. Like just turning it around, getting loads of money, just putting, putting loads of money into other things to, to grow the business. I mean, they've got just, I think really the tipping point uh, was the Wall Street bets and like all the other kind of uh, user groups that like really pumped their, their usage. Cause like literally people were signing up to Wall Street bets to like find little hacks. Yeah, like where to in the order money. of like millions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we quoted it one episode. It was like 2 million or 4 million. Last time I checked, and I checked a couple of weeks ago, it was like uh, 8 million or something. So I don't even know what it's yeah. up to now. I'd say it's even, it has to have increased, but crazy stuff, isn't it? What's, uh, yeah. what, what's your take on Reddit? Because obviously you've been a user, like what you, you were using it way before I was. So do you see yeah. it as like... Uh, a good platform to, to advertise on what, what's your what's your thoughts on on that race yeah like i think in terms of like the advertising um i think it has huge potential and i think like it's all in like the targeting right um like like i look at for example like uh fat fire is a subreddit that i look at a lot that's like uh the fat version of uh, financially independent retire early um i look at wall street bets quite a bit um I look at some sales related stuff. I look at some food porn related stuff. Um, like there's communities that are growing really fast for like uh, house plants. Basically every like sub niche and interest you can think of has a Reddit community. And if it's getting popular, it's more than likely also getting popular on Reddit. Another really popular one that I watch or look at pretty often is r slash battle rigs. And those are all just all of these like really sick juice stuff, like gaming setups and stuff. Um, I want to like build another gaming computer or like desk setup when I'm kind of like just pull the trigger on that. But I don't know. I like looking at other people's setups and desks and what are just interesting to me. Um, but like if you're a brand selling to anyone in that sub niche, to me, it seems like a no brainer to be placing your your sponsored, promoted, whatever reddit posts like in those sub communities because you know that like these people like really care about this kind of shit like the motley fool seeking alpha uh robin hood they should all just be like advertising like crazy and like r slash wall street bets you know like it's a no-brainer um and i think like I, I know like very little about the commercial side of advertising like in depth compared to some people but like I'm pretty sure Reddit compared to other platforms is like not super expensive to advertise on um, compared to like Facebook, Google, Instagram, whatever. Um, and I think like the targeting possible based on all of these sub niches is like so, so powerful. Um, but yeah, I think like Reddit is a really cool platform. Um, I really like it. It's a really cool place to learn tons of shit. Um, 
currently it's like monthly traffic is around like 1.8 billion monthly visits. Uh, It was like 1.74 monthly visits in December. Um, So it's grown like pretty, pretty steadily over the last six months. Uh, To give like context, uh, in September of 2020, it was 1.5 billion monthly visitors. So it's like growing like pretty significantly. And the engagement on Reddit is super high as well. Uh, People on average spend about 10 minutes on Reddit when they go on the, the desktop version. So definitely like a good platform. I think like what's held back Reddit, honestly, I think is you have to really want to use Reddit because the UI is like not the most intuitive. And like, I really think like, I get why it's like that. It's, it's kind of been like how it has always been. It's like, it's almost like they make you work to use Reddit, but it's not very intuitive to use. But like, if you do know how to use it and navigate it, it's really, really good. But um, as someone who's a bit newer to Reddit, like what's your, what's your take on it? Don't look down on me. Well, um, since you're a newbie normie who's not who's just a bandwagon no i'm kidding yeah um yeah i don't really have too many use cases for i don't really have it on my phone um i don't think anyway and i don't really use it that, that often to be honest uh i just use it for like uh, i'll look up like a specific thing that i'm trying to like learn more about or i'm trying to like figure out um i, I must have a user if, if if i can do that but that's kind of the only real use case like if i'm trying to find out about personal taxes or trying to find out about personal income or trying to find out i think it's mostly financial stuff like there's that wall street bets and trying to pick some stonks um that's kind of the main use case i have for it really um but i wanted to just mention that uh whatever battle station thing you mentioned i can see i can definitely see the appeal like there was a couple in there that i was like that looks like a real seamless like kind of crisp um setup so i mean yeah i, I would kind of use it more for like the working part but i guess you could use it for both obviously but they're kind mm. of more like gamers gamers um which you know you're you know you gotta take off your shackles your old shackles to to get back into it but i know you used to be a pretty big big gamer um yeah. so i could definitely see the appeal but i mean there's like fucking there's so many um of those subreddits so many things you can just find i think that's probably the coolest yeah. part is the discovery because like obviously everyone that's on there their usernames are all kind of weird but like you can see what they talk about and stuff um yeah i think that's that's a really cool part of it like when you think of like a facebook it's maybe as not intuitive to go find things like you just see people selling secondhand shoes or something like it's yeah i mean i think reddit's better for like the discovery or informational piece um yeah but i mean yeah put a lot of money against it and you know maybe maybe they'll turn it into something pretty big but I think, especially what you say on the very, very narrow targeting, like think about like yeah, Robin Hood, if they advertise on Wall Street bets, like how many clicks they'll get or how many, you know, signups they'll get. It should be, it would be massive, I would think. So yeah, you can see the yeah. opportunity there. Um, and then like a couple of interesting things, uh, like Reddit had like a big ad in the Super Bowl just over the yeah. weekend. That that's kind of mentioned in all of the, the five second around, one. like yeah yeah so like that kind of got like mentioned a lot um and then like uh i was thinking like one other thing oh yeah like one thing that reddit is really good for is like you know when you're looking up a a review and you want to just hear like an unbiased real answer i always search like product name reddit 
and it'll just be real people discussing it. And there's always some fucking psychopath somewhere who's done like <laughs> a crazy in-depth breakdown, like even more so than me. And it's like the nerds who get really into it, you know, it's just like, yeah, 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 well, that's what I use Reddit for. I don't actually talk to these psychos, but definitely like people go into crazy depth with the most niche possible things you could imagine. Um, that's pretty interesting. Reddit. I never thought about about doing you, you're very good when it comes to like the product uh or like whatever you're buying a like very unbiased very quantitative review process or whatever whole whole thing you go into but like that's that's pretty clever because like yeah. you're so right there are so many people that really spend all the time they have in the day just talking about new features for a new thing like when i was trying to get a ps5 like I just remember seeing so many people on Twitter because that's where like they had some handles that were like when it's in stock they'll post something, and like some yeah. people are like, oh my god, I can't believe the process, blah blah blah. It's just like <laughs> I just see it as a console. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work, and then I have to fix it. Not like, yeah, crazy, crazy in depth. Yeah, that's why we're yeah. all unique. Um, um. So yeah, I mean, I guess in terms of moving from from Reddit, I think you had something about Carta. We've also got something about Bridge Bio Pharma, um, which one do you want to chat about first? Yeah, so we'll talk about the Carta thing first. Um, and what I think is cool about Carta is that um, for anyone who doesn't know what Carta is, it's basically like cap table management for companies. So basically that like if companies are like issuing shares to their employees, kind of like equity shares and stuff like that, that keeps track for their investors, like, what percentage the company owns versus investors versus employees. Um, and it's like a good software business. Uh, I think they have like, uh, I think like close to like 18,000 plus customers um, and their valuation is growing very high. But what is really interesting about Carta is that they're trying to build like a marketplace for like, you know, in all of these like, fast growing startups that are using something like Carta, like employees get like shares at a different price than like a public investor. Um, and you can also get access to the shares like much, much easier. So like Carta's software is honestly like nothing. Like they're making a significant amount of business, but the real long-term play is just creating this like kind of private marketplace or exchange for, uh, shares of companies who haven't gotten public yet. Um, and I think like some of the advantages are that like these private shares, you can get them at like a better price as opposed to when they do go public. Well, cause they, at that point, they kind of, they've gone out, like, you know, they've gone up in value like crazy. Um, and it gives like an option for employees who want to cash out a portion of their options, um, kind of like earlier because, I've heard of examples where, especially in larger tech companies, like, um, like say like Amazon or, uh, companies where maybe they're like at a later stage, like D and E and stuff like that, where you almost like can't leave because your, your stock is so valuable. But then if you want to vest your options, you have to have all of the money like on hand. So it can be really difficult depending on like how valuable the company gets. And you also don't want to lose out, right? If you've worked really hard to get those options. So 
um, Carter has like, you know, the long-term vision is building this private marketplace to, uh, to kind of add liquidity, all this sort of stuff to do that. So I don't know. It's just, I think it's an interesting business. Um, and like, I think we started talking about it before, uh, we started recording this podcast because we were just like mentioning the Reddit thing. Um, and we were talking about Bumble's IPO, the price range. Um, and kind of that, that's how we got talking about it. And we'll go into Bumble a little bit more detail. Um, but yeah, uh, anything you're going to add on Carta or? Yeah, I think, um, so I, I think the whole idea of what they're doing is super cool. I think the longer term play is really awesome. Um, I think it really goes back to the value of your capital and what kind of multiple you can get on it. Like obviously, if you have whatever, how many dollars, you can buy a share of whatever company you want. But if you have a private market sort of exchange, or at least taking their words, it's going to be a NASDAQ type stock exchange for private markets. Um, that's where, at least if I remember correctly, uh, Andrew Wilkinson says he, you, he makes a lot of upside on his capital um, is to investing in private companies. Obviously, that's very much like one to one or through the, the company he has uh, a tiny um i think it's the full name's tiny right or is it just yeah tiny capital yeah, yeah. tiny cap classic and then um, it has we commerce for his more e-commerce related investments we commerce is the one that's uh, public yeah um so i think that i mean from a <clears throat> if you're looking at it from like a sort of you know how can you get deep pocketed people who make big decisions about companies they invest in obviously private markets a little bit more risky perhaps um or people might see it's a bit more risky but i think there's so much more from like an investor standpoint to make way more money on your capital i think that's that's honestly really really a cool part about it and i think also like um if it's i don't know so is it is credit open to people like myself yourself to like buy shares of particular companies or is it just more like a company uses carta for the cap table and for whatever else and then people want to uh, sell out their shares they can do it it's not like open to like yeah yeah so like right it. now it's literally just the uh from my understanding it's just like the internal cap table and yeah. they're building uh this product called carta x which has either just launched or is about to launch um which is this kind of more like open market for a private stock exchange uh the ceo of carta published some uh, thing on medium six days ago that kind of describes the whole thing um it's a pretty long post but it's like very interesting value prop just explaining carta carta x is what it's called yeah so i guess maybe i've uh misunderstood it but i think even if that was something longer term that would be so cool um but yeah, it's well, pretty much on yeah not even longer like that's what they just launched that's kind of what we're talking about the marketplace oh makes sense um yeah i knew i wasn't like completely off the bat there yeah that's cool um and even cooler news and like also like we're never we always say it we're never like finance or like whatever i don't know people who work in analyst roles this is just like our kind of what we see and what we think is cool as well so like by no means do i consider myself an expert or i don't think you do in, in any of this kind of stuff but we just think vision is cool ideas what they're doing is cool um I guess Wait, you're not an face. expert in cap table management? 
I mean, I have dabbled in it once or twice, you know, with, with many of the 10x multiple exits that I've been part of, <laughs> none. Um, but yeah, I guess I want to preface it because this one is like a kind of a complex um, case. So it's this company called Bridge Bio Pharma. Um, essentially what they do is they have a guy who like built out this like model where it makes most sense to kind of invest in say a hundred biotech companies to solve a hundred different diseases. And based on the probability of those economics, you could then return some vaccine, some drug for, for a way higher multiple of uh, what the investment was, but you need sort of that significant amount of volume of these uh, biopharma startups. Um, so I heard about these guys and I think what they're doing is, is so cool because it's literally just like adding, it's just like spreading the risk um, and it's improving their probability and their odds of success as a company. Obviously the companies that they give hundreds of millions to build, you know, life-saving drugs, obviously if that doesn't pan out for them, that kind of sucks. Um, but I thought it was just super interesting. And then I saw uh, some big PE company, which is like private equity, just kind of the people that have real deep pockets to invest loads of money for, for high returns. This company called KKR, don't know what that acronym is, but I feel like I saw that around. And then Sequoia, the massive uh, VP fund also poured hundreds of millions into it. So usually if they've got backing from, from two big players, it's kind of like one to be, to, to watch out on. And I mean, outside of, you know, the upside, the multiple, blah, 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 like, these could be making drugs that could like solve real world problems and real world diseases that other people don't have either the access to the capital or the speed to do so in order to get their um, kind of drug and in, in whatever the, the sort of process or rollout kind of thing is. Um, so that was really cool. Um, what's your, what's your hot take on, I guess the model and kind of what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the most interesting piece about this whole story to me was honestly uh, about the guy itself, the Andrew Lowe guy, um, just how he took like the kind of multidisciplinary approach that he was taking to to finance and then applying it to like all of these like real world kind of problems. Like, I thought it was just cool how he was like solving like, tw like I don't know how much you read the article, but he was like, gave a certain amount of his funds to like 20 different startups who were trying to solve, like cure 20 different diseases, um, which is just sick, right? I mean, it's just a cool thing to do. Um, and it's a big, like massive undertaking. It's not like really a super like sexy business and stuff, but like for every person who's trying to do a big like tech startup and get a huge exit and just kind of like make another social app or platform, whatever, for every one of those, we need one of these other people who are doing like real work and solving like real problems and making the world like actually better rather than just like creating another social platform driven by an ad model and stealing people's time and attention. But um, and data. yeah, uh, yeah, and data. So I think like what he's doing is like really cool. People like him don't get recognition like enough. Um, I think bio in general biotech a really interesting space i wish i was smarter and understood it more um i actually really enjoyed doing bi biology in the leaving sir i don't know if you did it but it was one of my favorite subjects 
um super no, the teacher show. was kind of weird so i just uh <laughs> just didn't want to do it yeah that's fair enough um um but speaking so yeah, of social apps i just wanted to mention as well so i actually ended up getting access to to clubhouse like i think i said to you before like they have that whole like you have to be you know admitted by someone else and they admit yeah. someone else and some, all of this some fake kind of exclusivity fake scarcity thing yeah yeah don't really rate it to be honest it's just literally like voice only talking rooms of people and then there's just like every two minutes like since we jumped on this i've had like there's been like 20 notifications it's just like grant cordone and 10 different people i've never heard of are talking about oh classic he's talking about the 10x club <laughs> couldn't yeah. have seen that one coming um so yeah i mean i don't know maybe i haven't used it enough maybe i'm not putting my full attention to it but i just feel like it kind of feels a little like not really much going on just people just people talking in a podcast kind of or in a in a voice form but like you can't like ask a question or like you can't like stop them mid-sentence and like say what you want to say obviously because that would be like chaos so don't see the appeal although i know a lot of people do for for all the reasons around the exclusivity and you know a new player not stealing all their data and add model monetization all that kind of good stuff um but yeah i guess we'll see how it goes um, yeah it feels like very like flavor of the month to me I, I like i feel like it's not gonna last but like it got backed by sequoia so like i mean obviously like the back end numbers must look good it seems like they have a fucking ton of users anyway like a lot of people are talking about it i'm seeing a lot about it online uh like I'm not like super interested. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I get the appeal even without using it, like voice only rooms, whatever. But uh, I don't know. I just it doesn't seem or sound super sticky. Happy to be proven wrong if I try it out and love it. I'll completely take it back. But I mean, it, I'm not like going out of my way to try and use this thing. You know, I feel like it'll die. You know? Yeah. You know what I'd love to see? What is Sequoia's like? criteria of a company they work for or like what template do they look at when they're analyzing companies because like honestly if they just back yeah. so many massive I'm, I'm sure it's available i'm just more so saying like they literally hit home runs not all the time but obviously there's two in the one conversation that they both backed right so yeah yeah so just on that and i want to say it before i forget um because like acquired actually had a podcast episode like a couple of days ago like last week um which literally describes it's so funny you mentioned it sequoia's investment playbook with one of their partners called alfred lynn i listened to it like last week whatever it sounds like he's like a butler in england yeah yeah but it's super interesting listen to like hear the types of things they look for in companies honestly it's not super like against what you would think they look for but it is like uh it is interesting they like really look at trends think about like what companies are going to be big like not now but like 10 years from now um and like to have like a number of approaches to like identify that um i think listening to just like how vcs think about things in general is just interesting though like i was listening to this other podcast when i was running today and it was like some guy from a company called like lux capital and it was like how they identify like moonshot companies um which just i don't know it was like interesting it's just interesting to hear that how vcs like analyze deal flow and 
prioritize their time and look at companies that I know it's just interesting. Yeah, it's like how uh, my first million had our boy Jason Calacanis. Yeah, yeah. Calacanis. Yeah, he seems like an absolute legend. Yeah, uh, he seemed like a cool guy. And his uh, This Weekend Startups podcast. I used to listen to that a lot. I haven't listened to it in a while, but <clears throat> he's a, yeah, I mean, just to, it's also like, it's so interesting to see here how these people think and like what's their logic and and kind of how they go about things because like there's so much to be said for just like copying what they're doing in small or big ways um mm. so i gotta check out that acquired i honestly haven't since we last spoke about it, i still haven't listened to it i've almost just had like my first million uh only because i won't even listen to a podcast maybe once twice a week uh i need to get back on the podcast train how come um, out of curiosity how come you're listening to them less just like not not feeling it um so i get a good bit of reading done in the morning like hour hour and a half on a good day um and then i kind of well, want to crack into the moment um what am i reading at the moment uh, i'm reading that book uh the innovation stack or actually i just finished oh, yeah. it uh by not jack dorsey the other guy but it's about jack dorsey <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah yeah he's mentioned it quite a bunch yeah <laughs> I, I literally for a while i was like reading it and i was like wait is this not written by jack dorsey and then i yeah, looked at the, like author, the other guy like, oh it's the other Square. guy <laughs> yeah. yeah um but yeah i mean i'm reading that right now but yeah the reason why i, I guess when i start working on on our on our business when i start working on my own stuff i kind of want to either focus on it so just like play music um i feel like if you're doing some real focus like typing work like what we do yeah um and you listen to a podcast i feel like i kind of get lost whereas i like listening to your uh discover weekly my discover weekly i don't know how i got your discover weekly somehow but i have it up on my yeah it's such a hack yeah um next thing i'm gonna have to do is get your release radar um so that way i'll have whatever i don't know how many songs are in it mm. that's kind of the only reason um, the only time I listen to podcasts when I get out for a walk, uh, most times at lunch for like half hour, 45 minutes, I got to listen to it then. Um, yeah, I feel like, I don't know, listening to a podcast while walking, it's just so good. Yeah, like, that's good. I primarily listen to them when I'm like walking, running, or uh, just kind of like cleaning or doing something around the house or cooking or some shit like that, or, or like going to sleep, I do that too, but uh, have you ever gotten into listening to an, uh, have you ever gotten into uh listening to a podcast while you're working out like uh actual, yeah like yeah. either weights or whatever yeah yeah I back I when like i was it's... in the gym i used to do it too but like not for like super intense heavy deadlifts or anything you know but definitely like the yeah. latter half of a workout that's more just like you're getting reps in doing volume and stuff like that yeah yeah i know you you did that before i know other people have spoken before uh like doing it. i don't know for me i'm almost like one of those people that i get energized probably like most people by the music like if i'm doing whatever the last kilometer if i'm doing whatever uh skipping or whatever i might be doing i want to get that last like adrenaline pump and i yeah. feel like listening to a podcast it's not as energetic for me but yeah um anyway uh this is a pretty cool pretty cool story you want to you want to tell the listeners out there about this little cool, uh, cool sort of, I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. <laughs> um, yeah. The story. Take it away. 
Yeah, so there's uh, two brands or two companies. One is called uh, Thracio, or I'm not sure if it's like Thras.io. Um, I've never actually heard anyone say it out loud, but I have seen their company uh, all over the place. I'm pretty okay, sure you it's got it wrong, like, man. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like uh, Thracio, but their their domain is like Thras.io. But anyway, what they do is... Uh, <laughs> buy and acquire Amazon businesses, uh, help them grow um, and just kind of like roll up Amazon businesses, like, you know, acquire a bunch of different um, Amazon FBA sellers, usually in a a similar space or category. um, And then kind of like achieve like economies of scale um, and like roll them all up to like sell under like one brand or like really just like take over a whole category on Amazon and obviously based on the size of the market on Amazon, like it's extremely lucrative doing that. Um, so they just raised uh, 750 million from existing investors that they had, uh, Oak Tree Capital Management and Advent International. Um, and I think like what's interesting about this is that like there's a couple of interesting things like why this is happening, I think. Um, Amazon is obviously getting like way it's just growing like an absurd amount. Uh, there's a number of compounding factors that are making that. So, um, given that like everyone is like working at home, I know personally in my own buying habits, I'm buying more on Amazon more often. Uh, my own personal Amazon AOV is definitely increasing. I'm buying more things to improve my life at home because I'm at home so much, if that makes sense. Um, and I'm sure like tons of other people are as well. So, uh, and then like, I know like listening to podcast interviews with Amazon sellers before, uh, my first million have had them, a number of other e-commerce podcasts that I listen to, I've like found like different Amazon sellers. And I just like, even though I don't sell on Amazon, I just like interested in learning about the space. Uh, I know that you can acquire an Amazon business for a lower multiple compared to uh, a normal D2C e-commerce brand that's selling on say like Shopify or Magento or something. Um, and a lot of the reasoning behind that is that most of them don't have a brand. There's no branding behind it. Um, and also an Amazon brand doesn't own its customer base. It doesn't own the emails, all that sort of stuff, but they have this huge exposure to like this massive platform, this massive customer base. And, if you can rank on Amazon in a popular category and be competitively priced, you can make an, a crazy amount of money. Um, I know that there's like tons of, you know, businesses that are just making an absurd amount of money selling pretty straightforward products on Amazon. A lot of like uh, consumer electronics between like a hundred to $250. It's a great like category to be in on Amazon. Um, a lot of like supplements, like I buy that like green supplement that I drink from Amazon. It's just tons of things that like, I just buy on Amazon all the time because it's convenient. Um, yeah. And a lot of these are just like brands that you would have never heard of. And it's probably just some Amazon FBA seller in the middle of nowhere who, yeah, he doesn't own his customer base. He doesn't really own a brand, but he'd probably make an absolute bank. Uh, yeah. A lot of bigger businesses that are buying a lot of these and rolling them up. Um, and the other like half of this story. So that's the RAS.io, the company who raised 750 million and there's another company doing uh, literally the exact same thing uh, called branded um, and they raised 150 million 
So and I know there are like other companies in this space doing a similar thing. So, I mean, if all of this big money is pouring into acquiring Amazon businesses, I feel like the, the opportunity must be huge, you know, like when you're doing this at scale and stuff. Yeah, that's so interesting because like I remember there was a time where I was thinking of getting started on Amazon um, FDA, FBA, what is it? F- FBA, oh, yeah. FBA. Um, yeah, I was thinking about getting started on one. Um, I was like, seems like very much so pick a cool product, you know, drop ship it, whatever. But I remember a lot of people saying that like, oh, you know, like it's it's dried up. There's no opportunity there. But then you see these big guns coming in, you know, look at them buy. It's, obviously, they're buying established brands. But, you know, maybe the opportunity is still there. Because um, you know, there's like so many stories of people who like, like just drop ship some cool product and then they sell like 10 grand a month, 20 grand a month or whatever, you know. It's like yeah. so standard what it seems i mean there's definitely edge cases or people that don't do that well but it seems very like easy to make like good money off off a product um but yeah i mean it's pretty cool that they're gonna be going out hunting for some cool brands they probably best of luck trying to get all the data um you know unless they have a little manual manual scrapers on the website or they have uh you know some other way to get it because uh you're right they don't own their their customer um, the brands that is so yeah. you know the they've got no way to reach the customer so if the customer can't reach them then you know how can someone like these people reach them as well i'm sure there's ways um but yeah i i always think these kind of business models are these are always so interesting because there must be such opportunity for the fund or whatever to acquire flip or conjoin or whatever and yeah. have all those efficiencies and synergies as they would probably say in business school um yeah and then make make profit off it um but it's pretty cool am i boring you no no sorry just long long day uh yeah i agree with everything you said and i think like the the main thing just to reiterate the last point i imagine a lot of so much of this money is pouring in because the unit economics must just make increasing sense uh, the like larger scale you're doing these acquisitions so it's interesting i will watch this space with much uh much interest and much much excitement and see how it progresses um on to the next thing uh dating apps i know you're uh you're a hound for the dating apps always cheat on your girlfriend all of a sudden no, I'm, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding but uh yeah bumble doing a big ipo uh change their price coming up in the next while um were you a big bumble guy back in the day when you were uh when you were single i think everyone had a decent spread between the two i think bumble was kind of for the little i don't know i was gonna say lazier man but i also think it was just kind of a better experience because it wasn't you writing the first message which obviously is nice um but yeah i don't know I mean, I can't really think back. Maybe the quality on Tinder was better. I don't know. Too far, too far gone. It's actually only last week, but um, <laughs> what about you? I know you're still, well, I hope you're still, still using some apps to uh, find love, as they would say. What was your preferred yeah. uh, channel? 
I don't know. I think you can definitely convert on both. Um, I feel like the quality on Bumble can be higher, but I think the volume on Tinder is better. It's easier to convert on Tinder, I find, because obviously you're in control. You can message first. Um, I don't know. I've honestly, like, I've used both. Both have their pros and cons. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, like, there's a really interesting story behind Bumble and Tinder. Uh, like, obviously, the, the person who started Bumble was an early employee at Tinder. Have you ever heard the story behind them? Yeah, I think yeah. I heard on how I built this or something. Yeah, yeah, that's where I heard it. It was, like, an episode maybe a year and a half ago. Copycat. Um, yeah. Um, and, like, the whole thing was, like, she was sexually harassed while working at Tinder the founder of Bumble, I can't remember her name. Um, and then like the whole thing was that like, she started Bumble where the girl has to message first, like as like a mission driven thing to avoid that happening. Um, I don't know. It's like super interesting company. I remember at the time thinking the story was interesting. Um, I know that my first million had the founder of the league on before. I think that's meant, meant to be positioned as this like, ultra premium looks kind of dating app where you have to like apply and it's like linked to your LinkedIn and all this kind of shit. Cause it's meant to be like more professionally based. Um, then I know there's hinge is like another one that's big. Yeah. Big over here. Not big back in Ireland at all. Um, I haven't used it too much. Uh, kind of just stick to Tinder and Bumble, but I know like people have had success on hinge and it has been recommended to me or to me, I just haven't really asked, but, um, yeah, I yeah, think so it's, like, it's also funny outside those apps. Well, like there's tons of like these, cause I remember I did like a whole deep dive into it. Well, uh, while I was working on the last job just to find leads and there's yeah. like so many, like, like find new wife, find girlfriend in Russia, find all sorts of stuff. But it's funny how like only the apps are the ones that are like the tech apps, obviously are the ones that are, uh, kind of making some serious inroad and i guess the progress of that inroad would be valuation or sorry uh, an ipo because like mm. i think tinder rolls up to this company called uh called match group match group yeah yeah they own like half of them or like 90 percent of them or something yeah um so i thought that was kind of interesting um yeah i don't know i, I think it'd be very interesting to see like on a country by country basis which app has the most uh most usage i know you could probably see it on like app annie or something but yeah. uh because there's like such a uh, nuance like you mentioned about not using hinge over here people using bumble back in ireland or whatever um i wonder why that is it's yeah uh, th those no kind of it's stuff, actually those like make uh, me so interested yeah yeah well like one thing that i know is growing a lot is these more like niche dating apps because i remember uh like building like a list before like dating apps and stuff um for like uh like a company like job thing um and like i just know that the growth and like there's tons of like uh they all have such funny names like these religiously inclined ones like me me like uh christian mingle or something that i think that's what it's called but it's literally like a dating app specifically for like mormons or something but it's like all of these like niche focused dating apps where it's like dating apps for X. I know that that's honestly like a big growing thing. Um, again, just kind of like 
segmenting the shared interest from the get-go. Um, I know dating apps is just an interesting space, uh, but I think like Bumble's IPO is meant to be, it says in this Crunchbase article that it's expected uh, possibly tomorrow under the ticker BMBL. Um, so I guess we'll see. It says it's uh, the upcoming initial public offering ranging between $37 and $39 a piece. Um, if it's anything like recent tech IPOs, it will just uh, go up and like regardless. Uh, I, Did you I have say no BMBO? BMBL. Oh, because <clears throat> yeah. I looked at BMBO and there's like this urban dictionary for blow my brains out. <laughs> I wouldn't, that wouldn't be the best ticker to have. <laughs> no, 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 it's not that. Um, but yeah, so apparently it says expect to start trading tomorrow uh, under the ticker BMBL a few days before Valentine's Day. I don't know why that's significant. I think they're just trying to you know, get some extra relevancy into the article because it's a dating app. But um, uh, so like the range is 37 to $39 a share. Um, and previously it was expected it would start trading at 28 to $30 a share. So quite a bit higher than the original thing. Um, so I guess, uh, I guess we'll see tomorrow morning. I'm not sure when something is trading for the first time, what the deal is, but I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. I made like a small bit of money on like when Airbnb IPO, I think I bought like one share and then sold it at the day, at the end of the day or the end of the week or something. It's not very, like, it wasn't very big. Obviously, if you're pumping lots of capital in, probably probably be pretty nice. Um, but, yeah, that could be could be something to check out. I know, I just check well simple there. I don't see it. Uh, like, I don't see it as, like, a potential that you do. But, yeah, we'll see. See how it goes. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we wanted to cover. Um uh, I don't have anything else that that was kind of top of mind. I think we had some cool themes of obviously the usual uh, raises and then the biophone stuff and also some ad tech and BTC or ad networks even and BTC in there. Uh, was there anything else that you were that you wanted to cover? No, not really. Uh, I think it was a good episode. Um like what are you going to read now that you finished the innovation stuff great question um i don't really also curious doing... what people are reading yeah no so so much especially when you are talking to someone new and like they say they're reading like a book and you read it as well you're like oh wow like we got so much in common and, like you mm. do because like if you read the same book as someone obviously if it has substance and it's interesting that's cool but you can also tell a lot about the character by what they read, a lot, a you lot. would kind of tell anyway. I mean, if they, unless they're reading some for the sake of it, which I know some people can do. Um, I don't know. I read, so I read that one. I think I read a lot of like stories about cool companies that set up got successful. Like I read the one about Disney with Bob Iger. I think I want to, I don't know. I think I'm going to, I don't know. Uh, I have the Malcolm Gladwell book. Uh, talking to strangers. Uh, just looked behind me might start that or i might just take a look at the little book library that i've been accumulating i'm uh mm. whenever i hear multiple people talk about a book uh talk very highly of it i'll buy it 
because I have that sort of system with my Amex points that I told you about before. Um, yeah. Because someone always said to me, you know, you can't really put a price on the knowledge you'll gain from a book, which is true. Um, you know, I think a lot of the, the practices I've, I've taken into personal finance, into anything along those lines from Ramit Sehi, I think it really, really helped. Um, but that was a you know long way the way of saying, I don't know what I'm going to read next. Um, but I think I'll kind of change things up. Um, mm. What... Well, I also have been, I've been using Notion as well to document each book I read and then have like a summary. Because honestly, if you read like one book a week, whatever your output or whatever your whatever is, um, and you're not retaining all the information, you honestly feel like it's just like lost. Um, mm. Which as I'm talking about, I think I'm going to reread maybe uh, Never Split the Difference just because I've forgotten some of the things that uh, Chris Foss talks about. Um, so I might reread something, but otherwise I might pick something out. Um, so you're but, saying you've forgotten some of the things from Never Split the Difference? Am I hearing that right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> See what I did one. there? <laughs> for anyone for anyone that knows, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know if that was actually a question, but sometimes I do forget. No, it well, wasn't a serious question. I was just trying to... Oh do do like something from the book um yeah that's cool like i recently reread that uh that sales when i was uh like doing some some rounds of interviews a couple of months back uh you know did an interview at salesforce uh no kind of the bite there um i don't know why i like suddenly started talking about it and then i was like oh can i say it and i realized no one actually cares um but i reread the book uh oh i can't remember what it's called it's like the salesforce way or something real like cliche and that but they had a lot of insight about like just sales sales development and that kind of thing um so a lot of value to rereading books i know um you reread the art of war which actually i read recently i didn't really vibe with it too mm. much but you know you'll probably hate but i know you like to reread books too it's good um yeah. what's on your reading rota atm and what are you reading right now yeah um so i'm right now i'm reading some book called uh how to excel at math and algebra even if you flunked in something else uh hold on well while you're getting that that does that does sound pretty cool actually i really wanted to just really pump the uh i don't know pump the dial with just getting very deeper technical skills on, on specific things that I think will set you up for like five or 10, 15 years, you know, like being yeah. able to do some of that shit, I think is really, really cool. Yeah. So it's called a, a mind for numbers, how to excel at math and science, even if you flunked algebra is the subtitle. Uh, it's by some PhD mathematician or something. Um, it's, um, is it an like easy read? Yeah, I'm about a third through it. I only started reading it like yesterday, the day before. It's pretty good so far. It's actually kind of a, the chapter I'm reading at the moment is very like what you just described about like recalling the same information after you learn something and kind of like talks about that whole like memory chunking process, all shit like that. Um, so that's kind of like uh, one thing. I just finished a book called How to Lie with Statistics. And it's like a kind of classic book from the 90s around like statistical analysis and kind of like how often people like misquote things 
and have statistical errors in like media or advertising or publications or reports and stuff like that. Um, and it's like kind of almost like a pop culture cult classic in that kind of like area. Um, and before that, that's kind of a really short book. Um, it's almost like or like 100 pages or something, but it like has like crazy amount of reviews and it's apparently like really well reviewed and it's well known or something. Um, and before that, I just I like finished. Yeah. Uh, before that, I just read some book called like uh, Stealing Fire by Stephen Kotler, which is actually really good. Stephen Kotler sounds real familiar. He's he's not the guy who's like in like case studies and stuff. I thought oh, it was okay. too. That's Stephen Stephen Covney or something. There is a Kotler who's like related to oh. that, um, but it's not him. This guy does a lot of research related to like flow and stuff and peak performance. Uh, it's called like Stealing Fire: How Silicon Valley, the Navy SEALs, and Maverick scientists are revolutionizing the way we live and work um and it's all about it achieving group ecstasy and like talks about how to use uh altered states of consciousness to improve your performance and it talks about like how tech ceos use like micro dosing and how the navy seals do this kind of dehumanizing training to people uh to break down their ego and talks about how in ancient rome tons of people would drink this like psychedelic alcohol all together and achieve like group ecstasy and peak performance so a really crazy book really good though yeah the group ecstasy part sounds sounds like a lot of fun uh yeah, yeah we'll have to do a book trade uh whenever we can uh hang out in person yeah um yeah i think i've got like a couple of your books i don't know if you have many of mine that that's usually how it goes i just take whatever you have and just read it as opposed to yeah coming up with i think i have like ideas myself. two or three of your books but i don't think i've actually read any of them yet i did read that About rich it. dad poor dad one you gave me um yeah that one's good haven't read the airbnb one and then the other one i don't know i'm down a real like uh math math and numbers kind of related books at the moment were you ever not down that hole uh, not specifically related to statistics, like, but I was reading a book about like con- how like computer algorithms change like consumer and human behavior over December. That was kind of technical. It was re- also like really interesting. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to nab nab a couple off him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so cool. That's dope. Um, seems like uh, we're both reading away and bookworming away. And uh, yeah, I think that's uh, that's all for me, folks, from for this episode. Good episode, I think, honestly. Yeah, yeah, same. We out. Peace. Bye.